0: Good evening. A new COVID vaccine. It's going to be an annual shot like the flu. Bojo steps down. Trust steps up. Israel admits killing a journalist. Eric Adams touts a violence-free Labor Day parade. And years late, the Obamas get a White House portrait. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the news for Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention endorsed a new round of vaccinations last week for the COVID-19 virus, opening the way for a fall vaccination campaign. The new boosters targeting today's most common Omicron strains should begin arriving in pharmacies and clinics within days. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institutes for Health, Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, says Americans will need annual COVID vaccines similar to flu shots. My message to you is simple. Get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you are eligible in order to protect yourself, your family, and your community against COVID-19 this fall and winter. I certainly will do so. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator is Dr. Ashish Jha. He says the new vaccine is an improvement of the vaccines that came before. For the last two years,
1: this virus has continued evolving, while our vaccines have stayed the same. But now, we have a vaccine that matches the dominant strain out there. By the way, let me be very clear. Achieving this was no small feat. But what it means is this. It is reasonable to expect, based on what we know about immunology and science of this virus, that these new vaccines will provide better protection against infection. Better protection against transmission and ongoing and better protection against serious illness. This also marks a significant progress in terms of our ability to protect people and manage the virus moving forward. Barring any new variant curveballs, we are moving to a point where a single annual COVID shot should provide a high degree of protection against serious illness all year. These new vaccines make it easy for us to think differently. So here's the simple version. If you're 12 and above and previously vaccinated, it's time to go get an updated COVID-19 shot. Now, here are a couple of caveats because there are always a few caveats. If you got a recent infection or were recently vaccinated, it's reasonable to wait a few months. Our goal for this fall is we will make sure, we, the administration, will make sure that vaccines are free, that they're widely available, and they are easy to access for everybody. We will put special efforts to reach older Americans, those living in congregate care settings like nursing homes, and others who are particularly vulnerable.
0: White House Coronavirus Response Director Dr. Ashish Jha. The new vaccines are a combination or bivalent shots, half the original vaccine and half protection against the BA.4 and BA.5 Omicron versions, now causing nearly all COVID-19 infections. The United States is still experiencing tens of thousands of COVID-19 cases and about 500 deaths every day, even before an expected new winter wave. And Boris Johnson delivered his final speech delivered before he offered his resignation to Queen Elizabeth II today. It was vintage for the conservative politician who ruled with a Trump-like populist flair, marked by an elastic relationship with the truth. In his speech, Johnson thanked his dog, Dylan, and cat, Larry, claiming they set an example for conservative
2: factions to unite. And I just say to my party, if Dylan and Larry can put behind them their occasional difficulties, then so can the Conservative Party. Above all, thanks to you, the British people, to the voters for giving me the chance to serve, all of you who worked so tirelessly together to beat COVID, to put us where we are today. Together, we have laid foundations that will stand the test of time, whether by taking back control of our laws or putting in vital new infrastructure. Great, solid masonry on which we will continue to build together, paving paving the path of prosperity now and for future generations. And I will be supporting Liz Truss and the new government every step of the way. Thank you all very much. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you.
0: Larry the Cat is well-known in the United Kingdom and is often pictured outside Downing Street during news reports. He's served as chief mouser to the cabinet office since 2011 and has outlasted three prime ministers so far. Meanwhile... Britain's new conservative prime minister, Liz Truss, has been naming her cabinet ministers today as well as taking a call from U.S. President Joe Biden. According to reports, Truss has been replacing outgoing ministers with loyalists. She gave her first speech as prime minister outside the Downing Street residence hours after Bojo said his goodbye.
3: Firstly, I will get Britain working again. I have a bold plan to grow the economy through tax cuts and reform. I will cut taxes to reward hard work and boost business-led growth and investment. I will drive reform in my mission to get the United Kingdom working, building and growing. We'll get spades in the ground to make sure people are not facing unaffordable energy bills and we will also make sure that we are building hospitals, schools, roads and broadband. Secondly, I will deal hands-on with the energy crisis caused by Putin's war. I will take action this week to deal with energy bills and to secure our future energy supply. Thirdly, I will make sure that people can get doctor's appointments and the NHS services they need. We will put our health service on a firm footing. By delivering on the economy, on energy, and on the NHS, we will put our nation on the path to long-term success.
0: Boris Johnson said trust will be remembered as a consequential prime minister. And in more international news, Washington will press Israel to review its policies and practices on rules of engagement after the Israel Defense Forces concluded that Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akhla was likely shot by an Israeli soldier. State Department Deputy Spokesperson Vedant Patel.
1: I'm not going to categorize that uh, in one way or the other for, from here. That's for uh, our Israeli partners to determine what for us to do and what the role we're continuing to play is pressing Israel to closely review its policies and practices to ensure that something like this doesn't happen again. Okay, but that's not what accountability is, unless you guys have a different definition of it than, than, than the dictionary does. So what does accountability mean for this administration? A, an apology we're sorry it happened maybe it, it looks like it happened by accident so uh, but it won't happen again that's the that's what accountability is or is it something more we are continuing to press israel to review its policies and practices and and that well, is what accountability. accountability how
2: does that but that that doesn't
1: reviewing their practices and policies does not mean accountability
0: Shireen Abu Akla, a renowned veteran reporter, was shot in the head during unrest in the West Bank on May 11th. Her niece, Lena Abu Akla, blasted the United States today. She says the U.S. and Israel just want to cover it up.
4: The statement is just trying to obscure the truth and avoid responsibility. We know the truth. We know the fact multiple investigative reports have concluded that Shireen was targeted and shot by the Israeli soldiers. And she was wearing a protective vest, and it clearly was marked with press from the front and the back. Yet they were able to precisely aim in between the area of her helmet and her vest. It's very frustrating that until this day there hasn't been any accountability from the U.S. If the U.S. truly believes in accountability, then there needs to be action, and this today more than ever This is what we are calling for, for a U.S. independent investigation, because Israeli war criminals cannot be investigating their own crimes.
0: Lina Abu Akla is the slain journalist's niece. Former senior analyst, Middle East, and special advisor on Israel-Palestine with the International Crisis Group, and head of political affairs with the Office of the United Nations Special Envoy for Syria, is Muin Rabani. He's co-editor of Jadalia Izin, that's j-a-d-a-l-i-y-y-a dot com Rabani says the israeli investigation is a sham and the united states is participating in a cover-up
4: the whole purpose of this investigation was to evade rather than seek accountability there's a whole series of authoritative reports by the world's leading international human rights organizations these reports have all concluded that the purpose of Israel's investigative procedures when it comes to the killing of Palestinians are not a search for truth, an assignment of responsibility and accountability, but rather to evade responsibility and to perpetuate impunity, to basically whitewash the truth and cover up the truth. When Shirin Abu Akhli was first killed on May 11th of this year, the Israelis immediately came out with what they said was video evidence and proof positive that she had been killed by um, Palestinian gunmen. And as the Israeli version of events was peeled away, layer upon layer, they kept shifting the goalposts. First they said they had conclusive proof that it was Palestinians. Then they said it might have been an Israeli soldier acting by mistake. Now they've reached the point of saying it was... um, most likely, a Palestinian, uh, sorry, an Israeli soldier, an Israeli sniper, who, if the Israeli version is to be believed, was using a um, high powered telescopic sight, yet unable to distinguish the letters P R E S S on Shirina B'Akli's vest or the vests of her uh, colleagues in her immediate vicinity, yet was able to fire a single fatal bullet on the only part of her body that was exposed, namely her head. Now, make of this what you will, but it's quite clearly a whitewash and a cover up.
0: The IDF says it does not target journalists. Should journalists uh, feel secure in hearing that?
4: The IDF has targeted a journalist and it has, in this specific case, murdered a journalist. And this comes on the heels of the killing of several dozen other journalists. Palestinian and foreign journalists since uh, 2000 in areas under Israeli control. And I think this case should be particularly concerning to journalists for two reasons. Shirin Abakli was among the most high profile, if not the most high profile journalist who was working in the occupied territories. And if she's not safe, who is? The second reason that this should be of particular concern is that Shirin Abakli was not only Palestinian, but also a U.S. citizen. The U.S. has a record of pursuing justice and accountability for American citizens who are killed abroad. If Israel, in the knowledge of these facts, went ahead and killed an American citizen and got away with it, how should other journalists feel about their safety and security working in the occupied Palestinian territories?
0: What about the United States and the role of the State Department no and
4: it's not and quite clearly the u.s has in this particular case i should add rather shamefully um, placed the interests the political interests of an allied foreign state namely israel above the search for truth and justice and accountability in the case of the killing of one of its own citizens who also happens to be a um, high profile journalist and if you look at the u.s statements aligning themselves behind the Israeli investigative procedure and kind of concluding, well, we think this is what happened, but we don't have any proof. And it's the absence of certainty that gives both Israel and the United States the opportunity to say, well, since we can't be entirely certain that a crime has been committed, there's not going to be any accountability for it.
0: Muin Rabani is co-editor of Jadalia Ezin. That's J-A-D-A-L-I-Y-Y-A dot com. Al Jazeera says their next step is to take the case to the International Criminal Court, the ICC. Neither the United States or Israel, though, recognizes the court's jurisdiction. And in national news. It's back to school for millions of American students, but the return hasn't been without incident. A cyber attack targeting the huge Los Angeles school district prompted an unprecedented shutdown of its computer systems on Saturday. The attack on the Los Angeles Unified School District sounded alarms across the country, including urgent talks with the White House and the National Security Council after the first signs of so-called ransomware were discovered late Saturday night. Today, federal authorities separately warned of potential ransomware attacks that could be perpetrated by the so-called Vice Society, a group allegedly targeting schools with these attacks. The victim is usually forced to pay to get their data unfrozen. The L.A. attack was apparently not ransomware. Meanwhile. Students are returning to class in an atmosphere of fear. Just weeks after 21 people, including 19 children, were killed in a school shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, 17 were wounded in the assault. Today, five Texas Department of Public Safety officers who responded to the school shooting at Uvalde are under investigation into their actions at Robb Elementary. More than 300 officers from two dozen local, state, and federal agencies responded to the shooting. An initial investigation showed police waited more than an hour to engage the gunman, a delay that could have cost lives. And in labor news, freight railroads across the United States are looking at the possibility of a work stoppage in the middle of September. If an agreement on a contract is not reached, even as the United States continues to struggle with record inflation caused in part by massive supply chain disruptions stemming from the COVID pandemic and war in Ukraine, there is a possible strike by 90,000 members of railroad unions operating the nation's rail freight system. Currently, a final cooling off period is coming to an end after three years of failed contract negotiations between the workers and the railroad owners. The fight is partly over wages, but also working conditions. The pressure to move goods from docks to stores and homes has many screaming enough with toxic working conditions. Freelance writer Mel Ware has been covering the looming labor action. She wrote corporate billionaires are wrecking the supply chain. Just look at the railroads for the com.
5: 90,000 workers who work across all various what they call crafts within the national freight rail system. 90,000 working directly on the railroads, represented by two unions, and then an additional 10 unions that kind of fit in at various points within this rail infrastructure. It can be anyone from machinists to electrical workers to dispatchers, so on.
6: This could
0: potentially affect the supply chain
5: yes even a 12-hour rail shutdown would be pretty catastrophic to the currently sort of beleaguered supply chain Both, you know domestically Uh, we've already seen sort of slowdowns happening across the country as a result of of, um, what I would consider to be pretty egregious working conditions for the workers and they're just overwhelmed understaffed. The rail carriers are not doing much to alleviate that pressure. I mean, it's been causing breakdowns for years at this point. It's been exacerbated by the pandemic. Even a 12-hour shutdown would be pretty catastrophic, and it would be very difficult for the economy to really kind of take that hit without some some major intervention.
0: So you were talking about the conditions. What's wrong with the conditions these workers face? Is this a strike about pay, about contracts or is it about conditions?
5: The bottom line is that these workers have been for the last three years working without a contract. Their contract was up for negotiation in 2020. Those negotiations have been stalled out for over two years now. We are seeing sort of the last resort that the workers have to get these rail carriers to come back to the table and, you know, actually negotiate a contract that is going to be useful for its workforce. Beyond just uh, increase in pay, we're talking about work—you know—improving working conditions for uh, some ninety thousand workers who are subject to a variety of problems. And that's crew management, um, you know, attendance policies that many workers have described as draconian, and working conditions that are overwhelmingly uh, negative in terms of how the uh, rail carriers have managed their sort of operations. Um, And uh, we're reaching this point. where Toxic workplace.
4: Toxic workplace. Certainly.
5: Certainly. And, you know, uh, the workforce has suffered. There have been multi-year layoffs across the railroads, class one freight railroads. The folks who are left behind are struggling to maintain anything that looks like a good work-life balance, even as this pandemic continues to rage.
0: Does this affect Amtrak or passenger, first of all?
5: Right, These are rail workers who are working with class one freight railroads, and it's not part of the passenger or commuter rail in terms of the contracts that are being negotiated. Mm-hmm. However, if there are slowdowns in freight, then you'll see slowdowns in Amtrak, right? Because they use the same rail lines. Slowdowns across the board is gonna make it difficult for cross-country commuter rail to continue to operate as well.
0: Where does rail sit in the uh, scheme of things today? I mean, we've seen trucks seem to be taking over and rail was, you know you would think on the way out.
5: That's a little inaccurate in terms of major sort of domestic infrastructure for the movement of freight. Um, and this is something that we've seen borne out in the supply chain slowdowns is that, the sort of trucking freight, the rail freight, and then the shipping on at the ports—they all work together in tandem to keep this economy moving forward. When one item falls behind, like freight, it flags or it falls behind, then it causes problems, uh, just a ripple effect across the entire country. We can't have freight getting dropped off at the ports if it's not being picked up at the ports. Each piece of this infrastructure needs to be working in the right way. And when you have mismanagement by rail carriers and you have an overburdened workforce that can only do so much, it becomes an issue. And we're kind of seeing that borne out in the various ways that it's been happening over the last six months to a year or so.
0: Freelance writer Mel Boer. she wrote, Corporate billionaires are wrecking the supply chain. Just look at the railroads for therealnews.com. The last hoop before possible job action is a cooling off period ending on September 16th, where there could be a lockout by employers or a strike by the dozen unions representing the workers. And closer to home. For years, the Javert and West Indian Day parade celebrations on Labor Day weekend in Brooklyn had been marred by gun violence. But as Mayor Eric Adams said today, it did not happen in 2022.
6: And you look at the number of homicides, How many shootings took place? What happened at the parade? Didn't happen this weekend. It did not happen. Why? Because four days out, we brought together our commissioners and we said we're going to be a team. We're gonna continue the teamwork that we have been producing throughout the last nine months. So instead of New York City Police Department having to do everything to keep our city safe during juve. Those makeshift locations where year after year we had shootings coming from every year. We knew they were trouble spot using the data from the police department. NYPD was not able to go inside in previous years to tell them they could not use their locales, but this time we were able to do so. Why? Because we had the Department of Buildings with us who utilized their authority to go inside and close down those establishments before they became trouble spots. We used the full scope of every agency and their capabilities.
0: The mayor joined the NYPD and representatives of city agencies, lauding a relatively peaceful weekend that saw no homicides related to the two celebrations. It was the third safest Labor Day weekend since the NYPD began tracking crime through CompSat. In addition to the peaceful festivities on Labor Day, the NYPD also reports that overall shooting incidents have reduced this month by 30.3 percent compared to August 2021. Murders citywide also decreased by 54.2 percent with 27 homicides in 2022 and 59 in 2021. The NYPD indicated that the decrease in murders and shootings was evidence. The department's efforts to tackle gun violence are bearing fruit. And finally, During his presidency, Donald Trump expressed his deep disdain for his predecessor. He refused to unveil the official White House portraits of former President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. The Biden administration is making up for this slight tomorrow with an official presentation of the portraits of the 44th president and first lady. White House press spokesperson Corinne Jean-Pierre made the announcement today.
5: Tomorrow, President Biden is looking forward to welcoming back President Obama and Michelle Obama to the White House for the unveiling of their official White House portraits. Over the course of their eight years together in office, a close partnership between the two men grew through the highs and lows of the job and life. And of life. President Biden and Dr. Biden are honored to have former President Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama back to the White House for the unveiling of their portraits, which will hang on the walls of the White House forever as reminders of the power of hope and change.
0: The Obamas will be in attendance for the ceremony hosted by Biden, who was his vice president. Besides an unfounded questioning of Obama's citizenship, Trump has, without evidence, claimed Obama was behind the investigation into his ties with Russia that led to Trump's first impeachment. And that's the news for Tuesday, September 6, 2022. The news was written, produced, and anchored by myself, Paul DiRienzo. You can find the news with Paul DiRienzo at pauldirienzo.com your favorite podcast service, or at soundcloud.com. Just search for The News with Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.